folks. I am so excited to bring you this week's conversation with author and former Bookmobile librarian, A.J. Irving. A.J. Irving writes picture books and poetry. Uh, They are the author of Dance Like a Leaf that came out in 2020, and they are the author of the incredibly touching upcoming soon-to-be-released book, The Wishing Flower, that comes out on May 30th, and it is available for pre-order now. We talk about how that book is groundbreaking. We talk about why we need this book in schools. We also talk a little bit about how we can make sure that books like The Wishing Flower are not rare in future days to come. Please welcome to the show, AJ Irving. And please also know that over there in the show notes, you can learn all about ways to connect with AJ, to invite AJ into your school to speak about this book and more. AJ, your soon-to-be-released book that is out this May, entitled The Wishing Flower, is in part about what it takes to understand ourselves. Your character, Birdie, is able to work towards that understanding in part, I think, um, you know, simply by being in nature and exploring other books. Maybe I'm projecting how I also uh, like to go about finding understanding about myself and the world around me. This book is one that I think is going to help so many readers just really understand what we're talking about when we're talking about self-awareness, self-understanding. I'm wondering if that was a primary goal for you as an author or if I've completely imagined that that would have been a goal at all. So correct (laughs) me there if if I'm way off track. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me, Tricia. I'm so excited for this to be my very first podcast. And it's a fabulous question. Um, You know, I think we all work towards self-understanding in different ways. And for me personally, it's always been writing. Writing has always been my safe space, my playground to explore and express myself. And this might (laughs) seem strange, but I I don't really have goals when I very first start writing a book. Um, I'm a complete pantser. I never use outlines or say to myself, you know, I need to have X, Y, Z in this manuscript because so much of my work is inspired by my life and my lyrical books always come from my heart. The words just flow out of me. You know, I've been writing picture books for a while now, and I know they need to be layered and have heart and tension. And I think I weave these elements in organically. So I think that the self-understanding theme came through subconsciously because it was part of my personal experience. I really was birdie. (laughs) You know, I've always been drawn to nature. And of course, I love to read. I was also extremely shy. I... I felt different. I often felt invisible. I remember spending a lot of time alone in the big field at recess, uh, watching the other kids play, longing for connection. But just like Birdie, my wish came true. Um, You know, I met this girl who saw me, who made me feel comfortable to be me. And I certainly hope The Wishing Flower helps readers work towards self-understanding, you know, to honor their wishes like Birdie does and to feel brave about being themselves. I have no doubt that it will. Uh, you know, I felt, first of all, I feel so honored to get to host you for your first podcast episode. And I felt really, really privileged to get a sneak peek at this book. And it really makes sense what you're saying in terms of this book coming from the heart, um, because that's exactly where 
it hit me. I mean, I think about the difference a book like this would have made for me when I was growing up um, and that just it didn't exist. And I find sometimes when I'm talking to school leaders about a curriculum <clears throat> that's inclusive right from the early years on up, they really struggle to even imagine what I'm talking about. And I think this book is going to be a great resource for folks who almost like lack that imagination, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it hasn't existed. Um, I think this is going to be a really great example. Um, you know, we talk about concepts like belonging and care and friendship. And I, I think this book really brings this to life. You also remind me, as you're saying, that you don't necessarily start off writing, you know, from this like scripted point of objectives and outcomes. Uh -huh. And um, it's great timing because I was just listening to another, I listen to a lot of podcasts and Baratunde has a great podcast called How to Citizen. And he had Adrian Marie Brown on recently, and they talk a lot about you know, how we need to embrace our power of imagination that if we want a better world, you know, everything that we have right now, someone has imagined, right? Like every construct that we have exists because someone's imagined it. And um, Adrienne Marie Brown talks a lot about how powerful it is to help adults tap into mm -hmm. their imagination and to write. And something she mentions on the episode is often when she's workshopping with some adults, they'll say, you know, the, you know, all too common, like, I'm not a writer, I'm not creative. And um, what they say in response is, you tell yourself stories, we lie to ourselves all the time, like we're great at fiction, right. And that really stuck with me. And and I appreciate the, the guidance that you're giving, because I think sometimes in the world of education, when we're helping students find their voice, yes. um, it's almost like we avoid the emotional part, which is such a great guide and i really really like that you're talking about how that is the center um of your methodology rather than like oh i'll get to my you know my my feeling compass later on that it's i don't know your your first point of contact i guess maybe oh i love that so much and now i want to listen to that to that episode that you were just referencing that's wonderful oh it's a, it's a great episode uh i might include it in the show notes, the show notes. It's, it's, yes. uh, yeah very powerful so just a powerful reminder of you know again we we need examples of um imagining that do center emotions so it's great to know that the wishing flower is also a, a mentor text for that aj i'm wondering your experience as a librarian how perhaps that maybe uniquely positions you to understand the power and the gift that a book can be. Can you talk a little more about your experience as a librarian and perhaps how that influences you as a writer and creator? Oh my goodness. I love this question. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, books are, are incredibly powerful. They can be life changing. They can be life saving. And my, my library experience seems really drastically different because I used to work on a bookmobile and now I work in a jail library. But I've noticed that there's um, two amazing simul similarities. And the first is the enthusiasm of the patrons. So I used to pull up to these stops in the big blue bookmobile. His name was Thomas. <laughs> 
And um, I was greeted with, you know, huge smiles and waves and cheers and these children just happy dancing every week, same kids, same reaction. And, you know, now that I work in the the jail library, when I deliver books to patrons, I'm I'm often greeted with standing ovations. Mm. Yay, the library is here. And then when I hand them their books, I, you know, heartfelt thank yous. It's it's really a beautiful thing. And the thing that I love about this work is that, you know, I'm providing books for the people who need them the most, you know, the most marginalized populations. And this really influences my writing because I want to write the kind of books that these kids need the most. And, you know, a lot of people think that I tend to write about difficult topics because it's it's not easy to write a picture book, period. <laughs> but um, it's a little difficult to write a picture book, you know, about queer love or class or death. And I just I guess I just really hope that my books lead to powerful conversations with kiddos. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I often find whenever I hear folks reference you know, I'm using like air quotes, difficult topics. What we're really talking about is the essentials and the experiences that um, need more talk yes. time. Yes, so much. Yes. Um, Absolutely. I, so, uh, you know, again, I think that those books, they do have great power. And we are currently in a time where there are so many folks who are trying to ban books um, and to, you know, restrict their power, I think, knowing that they do spark conversation and that they do usualize, um, of course, the existence of queer folks. Um, you know, I, I work with a range of school leaders, and sometimes a part of that work is to help them understand that we need this, you know, LGBTQ inclusive curriculum, and to understand that that need is about saving lives. You know, you talked about how books save lives and schools can save lives. A refrain that I hear is, you know, often, but why, why do we have to include young children in this work. Um, and there's lots of thoughts that I have on that. That's a, maybe like a, a, a whole other uh, episode. But, you know, I again, I, I come back to a book like yours and this is going to be a book that, you know, I'm, I'm going to have at the ready and just sort of, you know, literally say, let's sit down, let's read this and let's think about your question again. I know that as an author, you know, as a, as a picture book writer, of course, children are maybe your primary audience, but yes. sometimes when I speak with, with children's lit authors, they're also thinking about adults. Um, to what extent did you have adult readers in mind for this book? Well, just thank you for your beautiful words about the book. And it just makes my heart burst with joy that it's, that it resonates with you. Um, Yes, I, you know, I really actually rarely think of adult readers while I'm writing. I think that piece comes, you know, later after the manuscript is finished. Um, but during the process of writing, I always have the, the, the child reader in my mind and in my heart. And the refrain that you shared, it, it just makes me cringe. Um, <laughs> it's so frustrating because every reader deserves to see themselves in a book. And my editor had said that we sent her the picture book of her dreams. She said she would have felt a lot safer about 
her feelings as a seven-year-old if the wishing flower had existed when she was growing up, just like you were saying earlier, and I know I certainly would have. Um, and I, you know, I'm just very passionate about queer rep for younger kids. And, I, you know, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Queer and questioning kids deserve to feel seen and safe and loved. And creating inclusive spaces is crucial because, you know, we all crave to be understood and accepted. And sometimes I think that adults treat children like many versions of themselves. But kids are individuals and their feelings and identities are valid. And we need to give them opportunities to spread their wings and express themselves. And unfortunately, you know, there's groups like Moms for Liberty and Proud Boys. And like you were saying about book bands that are just spreading like wildfire. Um, you know, and I think that folks need to real recognize what this is really about. It's about erasure and children are going to suffer. So you know, so much yes to inclusive curriculum because it actually benefits all children. And yeah. I actually have uh, inclusive teaching guides that pair with the Wishing Flower on my website. So maybe that's something that we could um, add to the show notes. Absolutely. I'll, I'll make sure that that's there. Um, you know, and, and again, your, your point about this is good for all students is really important. I'll also link to a video interview with Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop, whose work mirrors windows, sliding glass doors is also really important um, to embed in this conversation, as well as other organizations who are actively fighting against these book bans and are fighting to keep the truth in our curriculum. If talked about Pride and Less Prejudice on this show a lot. They do great work. We have um, freedom to read. So I'll, I'll include a few links because I think, folks, we need to educate ourselves in terms of what it means to fight book bans and to fight censorship. Um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes I see a response to book bans. Someone will say something that's like, oh, well, actually, you know, for an author having their book be banned, this is a great thing. It'll help book sales. And, you know, there's a huge equity piece with that. If a book is not available in a school, sometimes folks will say, well, they can go to the library. And not every community has a library. Yeah. Not every community has a library with a librarian who will be um, culturally responsive. Um, and of course, not everybody has access to getting a library card. And so all of those pieces, I think, are important for us to be aware of. I think, AJ, if we want more books like yours, which we do, there's the other side where we have to amplify that they exist. We have to be letting publishers know that we want and need more content like this. So I mm -hmm. always, I like to ask authors, you know, what are some of the things that your readers might do to help amplify this book to ensure that the wishing flower has some really good company on bookshelves? Oh, that's a, that's a fun question. Um, well, I'm really active on social media actually. And I love, I love to interact with librarians and teachers and, and uh, post about, you know, seeing, seeing these kind of books out in the wild and, and the stories about how they're helping these these kiddos that just that just makes my heart burst with joy every time that I that I see that um and of course you know like the the other kind of work we can do is you know contacting your local and state reps attending uh school and library board meetings and and like you say just you know 
buying, supporting, reading work by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus uh, creators and word of mouth and just, you know, spreading the love, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because often authors will reference word of mouth. And I think we, you know, as social media has grown, it's something that I think we've undervalued but of course it still has huge value i think about books that i read um and you know order from the library and i probably seven times out of ten it's the recommendation from somebody that i know where you know they've intentionally reached out and said i think you might like this book so uh, i think that's really important to do and aj i'm wondering too the the role of reviews um you know i i try as best as i can to really make sure that you know, I, I come across a book like yours that I love and I know will make a difference that I review it in all of the spaces that I can. Um, you know, local libraries often have a place for patrons to review books. Um, you know, are you are you an author who also has value in, in getting to see what readers are saying about your work in the all the places that they can review? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I, uh, I left reviews out. Reviews are <laughs> So important and 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 requesting books from your library or letting your indie bookstores know. And I guess I'm kind of known as a kid lit cheerleader because I'm really passionate about supporting other creators. So I'm reviewing also <laughs> all the time I'm re I'm reviewing um, books. But yes, it's very, very, very important. And it, it also lifts us up while we're waiting for our trade reviews to come in. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's for for our educator audience, it's also a great exercise to do with students in terms of, you know, looking at even the difference between writing a long form review, writing a, a letter to the author versus also like what's a review that maybe you would post that's shorter or sweeter for social media um you know kind of i, I think as an, a writing exercise it's a really interesting practice just looking at if you're going to be reviewing a book in two to three sentences how is that different from um, a longer work and aj i know that there will be librarians and classroom teachers who are listening who uh, might be very interested in having their students connect with you. Do you want to talk a little bit about the opportunities there might be for, for that learning collaboration? Well, first of all, I love that so much. Um, my, my first book, Dance Like a Leaf, came out in 2020, so I wasn't able to do any <laughs> in-person events. I did a lot of uh, panels online and stuff like that. But on my website, ajirving.com, I-R-V-I-N-G, I have a contact form on there where people could reach out. And I would I'd really, really love to do that. I'm actually, my family's new to the Salt Lake City area. And so I'm, you know, trying to meet up with indie bookstores and like uh, librarians and teachers and stuff like that. Um, I've made a lot of really wonderful connections on social media also and on Twitter and Instagram my handle is AJ underscore Irving but like I said on my website I've got some really great activities and one of them is catered more towards uh, visits school visits and and reading the book and stuff like that so that would be really wonderful if folks reached out to me 
Great. Well, AJ, I will be sure that, um, again, your website, the contact page, the activities, as well as your social media are right there in the show notes. So folks can reach out. Again, the Wishing Flower is coming this May. If your local librarian, if your school librarian doesn't know yet, be the person who lets them know that this amazing book is on its way to readers everywhere. AJ, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you so much, Trisha. Listeners, I really hope that this week's conversation has piqued your interest in the book, The Wishing Flower. I can't say enough great things about it. And the amazing author has worked with publishers of the book to provide one free giveaway to a listener of the show who is based in the U.S. So if that meets your context and you want to enter to win please do see the link to the form over there in the show notes. We are so excited to be uh, providing one free giveaway of this amazing book to a lucky listener in the U.S. If for some reason you're having trouble accessing that link in the show notes, that's okay. You can just drop me an email. My email address is also in the show notes. Take care and see you again next Thursday. <laughs>